Good morning, Wisconsin. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday show. A little snow here in Wisconsin. Lots more coming tomorrow. It's the uh, typical January, but we're not going to talk about snow. We had a big debate last night. We had a town hall by the former president of the United States, who is now in a courtroom in New York City, ready to uh, hear closing arguments in a case that may or may not impact his future. $370 million civil, civil fraud trial. I'm not sure if he will be speaking or not. I will tell you this about former President Donald Trump. He is as confident today as he's been in a long time. He feels like he's winning. And when you feel that way, you're going to feel pretty strongly about everything you say. He was very confident in his uh, town hall on uh, Fox last night. We'll play some of that uh, a little bit later this half hour. Uh, My show poll is up on the X, formerly known as Twitter, if you are Active on that social media platform, you can find it at 620WTMJ or at WTMJ Steve. Simple question today, and we'll get to some of this in a second. Uh, Chris Christie dropping out of the race for the Republican nomination for president. Who do you think is going to be the next person to drop out and why? That's my question of the day as well. 855-616-1620 if you want to jump in or jump on the line and talk. Uh, So I give you the choices. Right now, Ron DeSantis who, depending on what poll you're looking at, is is running third in the race for the Republican nomination behind Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Uh, He's winning with about 150 votes. Ron DeSantis with, let's say, 50%, 49.6. Nikki Haley at 14%. Nobody, they'll all stay in, 31%, and with a few comments, which we'll get to at some point. As I said, any comments, fair game in the opening hour of the program today. We're going to be talking a lot about the presidential race uh, the impact in the on the Republican side, what's happening in the race in total, a little bit about some of the uh, legal issues swirling around the former president. It's really a chance for you. We've been very busy with guests this week, uh, very light on guests. At 945, we'll have, our I think, our only guest of the day uh, from ESPN 94.5. Ben Brust will join us talking about the Packers playoff game Sunday in Dallas. Uh, and I heard an interesting perspective from Jen Lada that I'll talk about a little bit later this hour. So... I wanted to bring you, I spent some time watching all of the uh, the TV stuff last night, some of the Trump town hall, some of the debates, uh, some of the commentary pre and post. I watched the entire Chris Christie sort of going away press presser uh, where he, he said he's dropping out of the race. Um, I will say this, and we'll play some of this in the next segment. I thought it was probably one of the best I'm getting out of the race speeches I've ever heard. Now, Republicans and Republicans in Wisconsin, they don't they don't care about Chris Christie. Depending on who you talk to, uh, we're, we're seeing the almost the rebranding of the Trump campaign uh, as the the voice of the people and all this stuff. And we'll you know we'll spend a lot of time in the next months ahead talking about all of that. But it's it's that it's uh, the rise of Nikki Haley is certainly something that we're all going to talk about in the weeks and months ahead. So let's get a little bit of the flavor of last night's debates, CNN. Uh, I thought the moderators did a good job. I think it was Dana Bash and um, Jake Tapper. 
Uh, here's a little bit of the back and forth between really the two alternatives now to Donald Trump, if and when he is not the sole leader. Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. If leadership's about getting things done, how did you blow through $150 million in your campaign and you were down in the polls? So here, here's you are I not a manager. No, I, now I'm going to say. I think it's very instructive no, about what Nikki Haley sees the world. A, she I think I have the floor. Political Governor, Governor DeSantis, like that's Governor, as important Governor as the DeSantis, kids Governor Haley education. has the floor. What is more important here? She's saying Governor somehow DeSantis, that that's it's not Governor Haley's, it's, Haley, it's Governor Haley's time. Go ahead. I think I hit a nerve. Um, what I will tell you is, look, if you can't manage a campaign, it's been a revolving door of political people in and out of his campaign. You've heard of campaign people going to blows with each other because they can't all agree. $150 million, and he spent more on private planes than commercials. I flew, I flew commercial. I stayed in residence inns. We went and saved our money. We made sure we spent it right because you have to understand it's not your money. It's other people's money, and you have to know how to handle it. If he can't handle the financial parts of a campaign, how's he going to handle the economy when it comes to the White House? And he goes and That's he's demean. He has been demeaning me over and over again, telling lies to SantaSlies.com because he thinks it makes him look bigger. But in the one basic thing, you've campaigned for president in one state. You're invisible in New Hampshire. You're invisible in South Carolina. You're in fifth place. You've only you've got 150 million dollars and you've gone down in the polls in Iowa. Why should we think you can manage or do? anything in this country. Look, I think that Ron DeSantis has a decision to make here. He is somebody that was early on in this race considered to be the the guy to, if it was going to happen, and it still might not, replace Donald Trump or replace Donald Trump as the candidate for Republicans in the November election. Nikki Haley has replaced him. Now, I could have done without Nikki Haley's, like, 100 references to DeSantisLies.com. I could have done without that. Make it make the point a couple times and move on. But there's a, there's a big debate raging on TV and some of the radio talkers about who's the tougher candidate here. Is it Haley or DeSantis? I'm going to take a break. I will tell you, of those two, who's tougher? Love to hear from you as well, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank. Talking text line, quick text before we go. Uh, Ramaswamy will drop out next, but keep his nose in front of the cameras as much as possible so he could be considered as a VP or potential cabinet candidate. Makes sense. Talking about the debates last night, we'll play some of the uh, Donald Trump town hall in a little bit and also a little bit of Chris Christie's going away message, which I thought was very eloquent and very well stated. Um, before the break, I was talking about the Haley DeSantis decision. One of those two has to drop out in order for there to be any serious challenge to Donald Trump. And depending on what state you're looking at, there could be a serious challenge to Donald Trump. I also said, and I think this is pretty much common common uh, belief, Donald Trump's about as confident as he's been in a long time. On the campaign side, on the other side, I don't think he's feeling it. But those those court cases will, will they'll play out, and they may or may not have some impact on, on on what people decide about this election. I've seen some polling that suggests a conviction would certainly change the dynamic, and I think that's what the second place finishes is about. Between Haley and DeSantis, I think Haley's the stronger candidate. They're both former governors, one's former, one's current, I should say. And Ron DeSantis is very popular in Florida. Florida's a state that Republicans have to win to win the presidency. That matters. 
They're going to win South Carolina, Republicans are, so they don't have to worry about that. So that makes the argument for DeSantis stronger. But between the two, and this is more of a forward-thinking thought from me than maybe you might hear on some of the other shows that do what I do, it's time for Republicans to put a strong woman on the ticket. Not as a vice president, but as a president. Nikki Haley is that. She's got experience. She's smart. She's done very, very well in the debates. And the most biggest factor here, the most important factor, is her trend is up. DeSantis is, is down. Mike starts us off from Illinois. Welcome to the show, Mike. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I am great on this Thursday. How are you? Yes, the calm before the storm. Yes. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think the last thing you said is that uh, DeSantis is trending down and Nikki Haley is trending up. Um, depending on what happens in Iowa and New Hampshire, I think after New Hampshire, if DeSantis has a poor showing, he will drop out because I'm pretty sure he's, gonna, he's going to have a poor showing in uh, South Carolina. Um, as far as being tougher or not, I think that verbally she's tougher, and I think she feels like she has to be. Because, you know, being a woman, she feels like she doesn't want to look weak at all. Um, I thought she was last night um, with the, you know, like you said, the Ron DeSantis live.com. Mm-hmm. Um, she seemed to hit a little harder than she needed to. In my opinion, I know that resonates with some people. Uh, it doesn't resonate with me. Um, just uh, be firm and stick to the facts and you'd be okay as far as I'm concerned. Thanks for the call. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah th- thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate that. And, and look. Is she tougher because she's a woman? I think she's just tough. That's that's her nature. She's got a great story. And I'm not unbiased in this. I I, I wrote in Nikki Haley in, in 2020. So just know that going in. Uh, from the old National Bank talking text line, if DeSantis drops out, it's over. 70% of DeSantis voters will go back to Trump. Every state will be 30 points for Trump. I said this last night somewhere. It was either in a conversation or on social media, maybe both. Careful with the um, assumption is about where people are going to go. Every candidate is unique. Every person that's running for president is a unique case. Don't assume that because this person's out or that person's out, any vote's going to go in a certain way. There are reasons why some voters, some, not the most, but some have said they don't want to support Trump among Republicans. There's a reason for that. And you could probably come up with about 100 reasons why that is. I don't see a scenario where these two fighting it out for second place any longer than two weeks from now is going to help either one of them. You might as well just give in because you're spending money to to be second. I understand that the the scenario where something happens to Trump or, you know, he's convicted. I get all the second place matters then. And maybe it does in the terms of a convention when you need somebody to fill in for the guy that's not going to be there or may not be there. All pure speculation. But don't assume, Texter, that because one person drops out or another person drops out, that the votes are immediately going to go to either the front runner or the other person. Nikki Haley is trending up. That's the story right now. Uh, from the uh, text line, I think that more independents, independents will vote for Nikki Haley than for DeSantis because they don't know where to vote anymore with Trump possibly being in there. That's a, that's a general election question, right? What will happen in the general if Nikki Haley's the candidate? Let's just say that's that's the scenario. She has a very realistic chance to beat Joe Biden or any Democrat. Most polling suggests that's the case. Other candidates, like DeSantis, like Trump, sometimes the polling suggests they might win, but the numbers are pretty clear. Nikki Haley would win that general election race 
And I would ask all my Republican friends, is the goal to own the libs with the Trump nomination or is the goal, the ultimate goal, to win the presidency with a Republican candidate? I would argue the latter is much more important. Uh, Let's play a little bit of the Donald Trump town hall. It was on uh, Fox News last night. Um, I will say the parts that I saw, very confident. Dare dare I say it, presidential. Um, We we can all bicker about the words he uses, chooses the things he chooses to say. That's uh, always fodder for great debate. Here's a little bit of what former President Donald Trump said in his town hall last night. Well, you know, you have Democrats in New Hampshire and they vote and you have independents in New Hampshire in large numbers and they vote. And I have polls that show me leading by a tremendous amount in New Hampshire and a lot in Iowa and nationwide. We're leading by almost 60 points. So I'm not exactly worried about it. I understand New Hampshire very well. I've won it twice and did very well with New Hampshire. I love the people. They love me, I think. Uh, we did a good job for New Hampshire economically and even from the standpoint of the military taking care of the vets. And I think we're going to do very well in New Hampshire. Now, you know, Chris Christie was uh, in and uh, he got a hot mic I heard about. I thought actually the biggest story wasn't the fact that he dropped out. Nobody cared too much about that. But he had a hot mic where he was talking to somebody about uh, the weather and he happened to say that she doesn't have what it takes. She'll be creamed in the in the election, and I mean, I know her very well, and I happen to believe that Chris Christie's right. That's one of the few things he's been right about, actually. A little bit of Donald Trump from his town hall. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's feeling as confident as I've seen the former president in a long time. We'll see what, you know, multiple court cases in multiple jurisdictions do to him, uh, and, and the inability in, in many cases, once these cases ramp up in March or April or May, when, when the, the campaigning is really robust and requires maximum effort, maximum travel, maximum everything, almost an overdrive situation, whether he can sustain that. You've seen politics takes a toll on people. It'll gray your hair, wear, your, wear you down, and, uh, and slow you in a way that I don't think most people realize. And he's certainly a guy that, um, Donald Trump, that enjoys the, uh, the public aspects of the job. I don't know that he's a guy that does his homework necessarily, but so far that hasn't hurt him at all. Uh, let's say from the 414, a couple more texts before we go to break. She has to stay tough with these jerks. Uh, G from Brookfield. I'm thinking ahead. Will Americans vote for Nikki Haley when they realize she is Sikh-born and her father wears a turban? Well, they voted for her in South Carolina. And I think we're at a place, texter G from Brookfield, where that shouldn't matter. I don't know what... That has to do with anything, actually. She's a citizen of the United States. She's demonstrated in her role as a governor of South Carolina, ambassador of the United Nations, UN representative, I should say, that she understands what's required of a public servant. One's background certainly plays into how you view things, but it's not a prerequisite or a disqualifier, in my opinion, on where someone should go next in their political career. And I, and you know, I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who wrote in Nikki Haley in 2020. So understand that bias. We'll take a break here. After the break, I thought Chris Christie gave one of the best withdrawing from the race speeches I've ever seen, and. Uh, 
I was mocked a little bit for saying that people should pay attention to it. You know, whatever. It is a speech that I think will be remembered for a long time. And it, it has a, he had a lot to say. But I thought it was a, a really good analysis of where we're at as a country. We're talking about the race for the Republican nomination for presidents in the 9 o'clock hour this morning. We've got a little bit of sports coming up at about 9.45 with uh, ESPN 94.5's Ben Brust. Always fun to talk to Ben. I wanted to play. I watched the entire Chris Christie going away speech, essentially. And I thought it was one of the most brilliant speeches on politics I've heard in a long time. There was not the uh, the nonsense, the um, the vitriol that you hear in a lot of these speeches. It was, it was well-balanced, um, nuanced. I thought a pretty accurate description of, of the state of the race. Here's a little bit of Chris Christie talking about his decision. Donald Trump wants you to be angry every day because he's angry. He wants you to be angry so that you'll relate to his anger and then to vote for him. Please understand this. I have known him well for 22 years, more than anybody else in this race has known him. And I can promise you this, if you put him back behind the desk in the Oval Office and a choice comes and a decision is needed to be made as to whether he puts himself first or he puts you first, how much more evidence do you need that he will pick himself? And if that is what we have there, then people are going to remain angry, remain divided, and become even more exhausted than they are today. And I think that's it. He has said, and he said, and that about a minute and a half clip there, what I've been saying for a long time. I get the anger. People are angry about politics all the time. You, you don't have to look any further than social media or a uh, your corner bar to hear all of that. But is anger the sole motivation for how you vote? And I, and I, I characterized it this way before. It seems like we're going through this phase right now where I would say most of the Republican talkers were off of Trump for a little bit. Let's find somebody else. And now, one by one, station by station, show by show, we're hearing it come back. He's the guy. We're going to own those libs again. We're going to get this done. He's going to win the presidency, and we're going to have another four years of Donald Trump. That's the messaging. That's the talking points. But we have a nomination process for a reason, and that reason is to see who the best candidate is. I didn't play the part I could have where Chris Christie basically points out the obvious. Are we seriously going to put ourselves in a situation in 2021 when the next president takes the, uh, the oath of office? where a convicted felon would be the president of the United States? Is that what we are prepared to do? I don't think that's... That's not the country I recognize as the greatest country on the planet. It seems like a big, big risk. It seems like a incredible slap in the face to the founders who Chris Christie mentioned in his speech yesterday, the George Washingtons of the world, the... Alexander Hamilton's, Benjamin Franklin's, John Adams, 
Is that what we want for presidents? Or is it so important? I already know the answer to this question because I had it thrown in my face last night. The own the libs concept, which has existed for decades, is so important to some voters, they will discard everything else, everything else, to potentially put a convicted felon in office and own the libs one more time. Think about that for a second. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be convicted. He could be acquitted on all charges in all these cases. That could certainly happen. Then it's a different conversation. Understood. But is owning the other side, whatever side you're on, that important that you would make that leap? I'd say it's not worth the investment. Uh, Chris Christie getting a lot of love on the text line uh, from the 715. I think DeSantis did great last night, but I'm still getting behind Haley. I think she has the best chance to beat Biden, which should be the goal of all Republicans. It should be, Texter, but it's not. It's not. The goal seems to be here that because we are so in love with the figure of Donald Trump, what he represents, we would rather nominate him and see him lose in the general election than nominate somebody else who could actually win in the general election against a pretty weak candidate, Joe Biden. I don't understand that logic. Maybe you can explain it to me. We'll take a break here. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ. Uh, just because I read the text that you send in, and even when they're not, when they're critical of me, it was the lamest dropout speech I ever heard. You must be one of the only few people thought it was good. Actually, a lot of people thought it was very good. Um, from the texter uh, 414, what is he convicted of? Well, if that's a serious question, he faces... 91 felony counts, not misdemeanors, felony counts, four criminal cases in Washington, New York, Florida, Georgia. Uh, Georgia, it's anti-racketeering, trying to overturn his 2020 election loss, phone calls, and and a lot more. Uh, He's also accused of election interference in a federal uh, indictment. Uh, Hoarding classified documents, we all know that story, Mar-a-Lago, and refusing orders to give them back. He uh, was indicted in New York on state charges stemming from hush money payments during the 2016 presidential campaign, civil fraud, rape. And most of the consensus is he will lose in at least one or two of these cases. He probably won't. There will be no clean sweep. I I would doubt it. I think some of those federal charges are difficult to prove. So you asked, I hope you asked a serious question because that's the charges. And uh, there was a little add-on piece about, well, these are Democrats accusing him. One of the interesting things that I think Republicans forget is that there's been a lot of criticism of the January 6th House investigation, the committee. Every witness, at least I shouldn't say everyone, but at least 95% of the witnesses were Republicans who either worked with the president or were elected as Republican representatives, or were part of the Republican Party. 95%, probably higher than that. It wasn't Democrats. There were Democrats on the committee, as were there Republicans. And I would, I would, to be, you know, full disclosure, the Republicans on the committee were, one was redistricted out of office and one was voted out of office. So take that for what it's worth. Interesting times in our country. I played all this so you could understand, at least with some perspective, not party talking points, 
what's going on in the race. Ultimately, you will cast your votes, I will cast my vote, and we will decide who the nominee is. We'll take a break here after the break, break I should say. The one, the only, from ESPN 94.5, Ben Brust will join us. Talking Packers after this. Oh, we got to talk some Packers. You know, we got a playoff game. And we're, we're talking so much politics that I, I feel like we have to talk about a little football, a little playoff football. And joining me is my teammate, one of my favorite teammates, actually, Ben Brust. Hi, Ben Brust. You didn't bring me in for politics? You want to talk politics? Heck no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So first of all, you have a bathrobe on. What's that about? Well, uh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> it you know, caught me off guard. I yeah, guess. of course. I mean, uh, Charles was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, well... Let's just say on Kyle Bruston-Nortman, which is the show that Your I show, host, yes, uh, yep. 2 to 5 on 94.5 ESPN, um, it was before the Chiefs and Lions game in which we had a fan call in and proclaim they're going to win both these games and they're going to make the playoffs. And at the time, right, we can all play Monday morning quarterback. Look, it wasn't looking good. Right? No, but nobody was no, that confident. When they were 2 and 5, Nobody who's listening is actually going to be like, oh, I, I really believed that this team was going to make the playoffs. That's a credit to the coaching staff. That's a credit to Jordan Love. That's a credit to everyone on that team that made a push, and they played their two best games of the year when they needed most, Minnesota and Chicago. And I proclaimed after that call that it said, if this team makes the playoffs, I will be jumping in Lake Michigan. And I'm going to make right on that. I don't know when, but I'm preparing at all times to do so. So does that basically give you carte blanche to just wear like those kind of clothes every day to work? Yeah, I mean, it could be next year. No, I mean, actually, that's that's the casual I could endorse. This is the best but worst Christmas gift that my girlfriend got me because she knew I was going to love it. She didn't know that when I got home from work that I was going to take every bit of clothing off and just put the robe on every single day. Every day. Every day. I, it's, it's This thing's got pockets, Steve. I'm comfy. Is she regretting that? That decision? Um, 60% of her regrets it. 40% is happy that I'm happy. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right, let's talk some Packers. So, yes, I don't think any of us expected this to happen. I, I didn't. I, I My season start prediction was eight wins. They got nine. I didn't see them as a playoff team. I, I don't know what you did before the season. Yeah, I mean, I was I – was the over-under in Vegas was seven and a half wins. Right. And I had thought with the way the roster was constructed, because when you, when you hear that this team is the youngest team to ever make the playoffs, then that's really, really hard to do. And when, when they were two and five, you're thinking, all right, everyone was doing the, all right, are we going to try and get a lower draft pick and utilize capital that we have from the Jets and the Aaron Rodgers trade? We have five picks in the top 70. What does next year look like? And, and it didn't mean that Jordan Love still couldn't have been the guy. But now he's solidified that. We flipped the script from looking at draft picks and thinking to ourselves, all right, you made the playoffs. Uh, you turn this around. And I don't like the term house money. I like I like the fact that this team is going in as hunting, not the hunted, because they're going to be the hunted. I think they'll sure. be I think they'll be a favorite to win the NFC North next year. And this is their opportunity to fly under the radar one last time. I'm not saying this is a Super Bowl team, but again, They've shown the last couple weeks, Joe Barry or not, they've showed some stuff on defense. I'm not saying Joe Barry's the answer long term. If they can, it's it's any given Sunday, right? And the pressure's on Mike McCarthy, right? He's coaching he's got for all his job. Yes. If he loses this game, he might not have a job with the Cowboys. As good as he's been in the regular season the last 
whatever it is, three or four years. Jerry World doesn't make no. money on regular season wins. No. All right, so you're a former star athlete in college. Star's a little far, but I'll take it. No, I mean, you, you, were, you were a go-to guy for the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I'm a big fan of layering experience. Whatever your job is, layering levels of experience makes you a better, the end product's better. Yep. I would make the argument, whatever happens in Dallas is going to make this team better next year and the year after that. Do you agree? I, I agree. Um, I personally, like to that question, right, you can say, well, what if they get blown out by 30 or what if they make it a close game? To me, I, I would like for this team to at least put up a good fight. You can learn from both, but I want them to feel as if, right, even in a year in which they were 2-5, and five, weren't expected to make the playoffs, go on the road against the number 2 seeded. Dallas Cowboys and put up a good fight because if they lose in a good fight, they're like, man, we're right there, right? Like we are right there. If we can get rid of some of the, some of the dead cap money, uh, invest in positions that they need to invest in. I'm not the general manager. I'm not going to get deep into where I think they should go. But I mean, when you think about it, you're going to have to pay Jordan Love. And to me, I thought this was very interesting for my co-host Brad Nortman, who punted in the NFL. Um, he had talked about how there's $40 million of dead cap money that you're paying Aaron Rodgers that doesn't help this team this year. When you pay Jordan Love, he's, Jordan Love this year is $5 million towards the salary cap. Right. That's essentially what it's going to look like. Now, there's dead cap money from Bakhtiari, and a lot of teams have this. But to know that Jordan Love, with the youngest wide receivers and tight ends since the 0-16 Browns, has been able to elevate these guys? I mean, come on now. The future is bright. I, I looked at how many draft picks they have. I looked at the, the potential capital they will have to spend on players. I look at this team going to the playoffs in Jordan Love's first year as a starter. The upside on this team could be tremendous. Doesn't mean it will be. We've certainly been... You couldn't ask for a better season. No. You, you, you just couldn't have. You couldn't have because you fought through adversity and you came out on the other side. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better season. The The entire goal of the season was what, Steve? Figure out if Jordan Love was the guy. Yeah. And once you figured out that, you made the playoffs, everything else is great. Alright, we've got to take a break here, but I want to ask you that question. Question answered on Jordan Love, don't answer yet. Ben Brust, ESPN 94.5. My guest, more after this. We are joined in studio by Ben Brust, Kyle Brust and Nortman in the afternoon, 2 to 5, right? 2, two to, to five. 5. ESPN 94.5. It's a great show. I listened yesterday, actually. And uh, he's wearing a bathrobe because he may or may not jump into Lake Michigan at, Michigan at any time. At any time. Yeah. Don't know when, but. Good, good to be prepared. All right, only got like a minute and a half, two minutes. So the game Sunday, 3.30. Uh, what do you expect to see? Not, not what you want to see, not what you hope to see. What do you expect to see? What do I expect to see? I, I really do expect to see a Dallas Cowboys offense that has put up 120 more points over the entire season. Really take advantage of Joe Barry's defense. Look, in the, it, like they are who we know that they are. Yes. The Chicago Bears aren't that talented offensively. The Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to the last two games, they started a rookie that looked horrible, and they brought in a backup. So do I like what I saw? Yes, but it's a different beast when you're going up a te- against a team that's undefeated at home and has a ton of firepower. Now, the one hope that I have is that Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback, has not won a big game. He turns it over in the big games. So outside of the defensive coordinator, who are those playmakers? Can Rashawn Gary make a play off the edge? Can Jair, despite all of the distractions, he's a gamer. Can he make a play? Right? Who's going to create that turnover? Because I do believe that Jordan Love is in some sort of groove where – 
you know, again, I've been doing something, touchdownsforlove.com. Mm-hmm. We've raised $40,000 for that. every Jordan Love touchdown well scored since the Kansas City Chiefs game. Going to uh, Coach Guard, University of Wisconsin, men's basketball coach. They've raised $8 million since 2016, and it's all going to great things. So, yeah, great job. Jordan Love touchdowns, and, you know, I guess hope is the best, and that's not a good strategy. I call this the Joe Barry game because I think it is. If he does well, he's back. If they get smoked, he's gone. See, that's why I said the way I look at it is it's not about Joe Barry. It's about the individuals. The scheme is the scheme. You're not going to be able to change much in a playoff game from what you've done the last 17 games. So that's why I look at the playmakers. Who is going to be able to make an individual play despite the defensive coordinator help this team create a turnover and get a win? Ben Brust, ESPN 94.5. Good luck on your Lake Michigan jump, whenever that is. Whenever that is. Thanks, Steve. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of WTMJ Now. I am Steve, as Big Voice Guy just said, and... Um, as the first hour, the 9 o'clock hour in the program was uh, politics and sports, so too will be the 10 o'clock hour. We'll start. I typically don't do this, but uh, a lot of people took a lot of time to write some really smart texts on both sides of this question about, you know, the Republican nomination, who should drop out, who should, who should be the candidate to, that runs against, looks like Joe Biden. So I want to at least spend a segment reading some of these because um, I respect your time that you took to write them. Um, so from the 262, why do you think it's not important to broad the, the broadcast the debates on a more accessible platform to the public? Isn't that limiting a broader audience? I think if you're talking about the broadcast networks, it just doesn't pay. Nobody watches them. I shouldn't say nobody, but not enough people watch them to make it worth their while. Now, is there a public service impact? Sure. I'm not even confident today, the, what, 11th day of... January, that once we get to the final candidates, Republicans and Democrats, that we're even going to have a presidential debate. I have no inkling or idea that that's going to happen. And maybe that maybe that format, maybe that idea has sort of served its purpose and is long past relevant anymore. We have instantaneous access to the candidates now. They are doing speeches every day. We can see them on every network we can hear them on a radio we can see them in social media they're they're posting their own things life's changed but it's a great question uh from the 414 yes nikki haley should be the candidate for republicans i wonder how many of the true trumpers identify as republicans rather than trump lickens um the dilemma for look you can vote for who you want to and i'm not going to sit here and say donald trump doesn't have a lot of support he does i don't think i don't think he's a viable candidate for the general election doesn't mean he won't get a lot of votes. He will. And let's be honest, anything can happen in elections, so there's no zero chance. I just know and hear from and read about a lot of Republicans who say, I've had it with this guy, not voting for him, including Republicans, by the way, who are not going to vote for a Republican if he's the nominee. They will either stay home or vote for the other guy. So Republicans should think long and hard about that. And somebody questioned me last night, why should I listen to you? You, you don't have to listen to me. I'm telling you what I think. As somebody who does what I do, I hear from a lot of people in a lot of different formats. And when I hear from Republicans and conservatives even that they're sick of Trump, that's a real thing that Republicans, if they want to win a general election, have to think about. That's all I'm saying. 
Uh, from the 414, sort of on the same vein, how's a person with legal issues by the leading frontrunner in a presidential race, how is that? How is the country not going backwards and not forward? Well, that's been my question all along. Is this really what we want to do here? Is this where we're going as a country? Uh, 414 sounds like you just described Bill Clinton. Trumped up charges, convicted of nothing. No, and that I said before, I want to be fair. He's been convicted of rape. All the rest in process. Uh, the texture goes on to say sometimes it takes a bigger bully deal with the bullies we have in this world and not going to have a beer with the guy. I've, I've talked about bullies a lot on this show. There's a segment of the population that thinks they're bullies, act like bullies, like bullies. That's never going to change. That's why we still have bullies in high school. We still have bullies at work. We have bullies in society. We have bullies in elections. It's just the nature of it. It's the taunting. It's the you know the desire to you know one up somebody, pretend you're bigger, smarter, better, whatever it is. That's never going to go away. It's, it's part of our DNA, apparently. Uh, from the four one four, am I the crazy one? Because when I look at Trump, I'm repulsed as a human. I was a moderate Republican up until he became the first candidate and had to go completely away from the Republicans when they became what he is. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Some of us have recognized the crazy. Some of us haven't. Uh, let's see. From the 262. Sorry, Steve. Old white men and some women won't vote for Nikki just because she's a woman. Sad but true. I understand the idea. I'm saying reject the idea. Reject the idea. There's more women adults than men adults in this country. There's no reason women can't do the things that men do. What is this, 1950? Come on. Let's be smarter than that. Uh, let's see. How many billions of government dollars have been used to try to convict Trump before and during and after his presidency? There's a process in the legal system. When you're accused of a crime, there's a process. Is there evidence? Will there be a prosecution? I, I said this the other day. Joe Biden, if he has indeed done something wrong in respect to his conduct with his son and his dealing with international companies, there's a process. Get the evidence, prosecute them, and then the jury or judge will decide. That's the process. That's what's happening with Donald Trump. Uh, Steve, I appreciate your comments. This is from the 920. I appreciate your comments about Trump's anger coming from Christie. My concern is if he's not nominated in convention, will he bolt and run as a third-party candidate? thus putting Biden back in office. I'd be interested in your thoughts, Jerry from Lake Mills. Somebody asked me that question yesterday and asked Steve anything. I'm not sure he would do that, but I wouldn't put it past him. And regardless, look, my point of view is if he if he's the nominee, he will lose to Joe Biden or whoever the Democrat is, with maybe some exceptions for if they decide to put somebody like Hillary Clinton in that spot, which would be fatal error 2.0. So whether he does that or runs as a third party, I think it still means Joe Biden's the president. So hopefully that makes sense as a response. Uh, the real problem with Trump is president is he's okay and gets away with it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, somebody said rape isn't enough. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is an interesting time in our country. Uh, Trump is truly a dangerous individual in this Republican's eyes. If let's, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap with that one because I, I could read these for the next hour, and I appreciate you. I appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to write them. There's a lot of great thought out there. 
actually a lot more wisdom that comes from our elected officials and candidates for office, to be honest. There is a moment in everybody's life where you have to start using your gray matter. And as hard as this is for people to accept, you got to take off your party hats and stop reading the talking points, including talkers on radio and TV, and just make a decision that you think is best for the country. Don't put up with nonsense. And again, you can vote for who you want to vote for, for the reasons you decide are the most important. That's not changing. I would just like to be assured that whatever happens, we're still going to have a country at the back end of it. That's my concern. And if we're crazy now, what's it going to be like in four months or 11 months or a year or five years? I'm an optimistic guy, but my feeling is we're setting ourselves up for a a whole lot more crazy, and that's not a legacy I want to hand off to anyone that is going to be around longer than me. After the break, is Aaron Rodgers crazy or is he right? We'll discuss after this. Somebody just texted me, what What are you asking us? Well, if you didn't see the news, look, and I've been a big supporter of Aaron Rodgers. I, I, he's been a, a hell of a talent to watch play football. And, and anybody who's watched football, uh, you have to agree to it. It's not a debate. He's, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So let's, let's eliminate that from the conversation. But the interesting piece of this is, for me, is that he is somebody who is very vocal about the things he believes in. And part of the recent story with him is, on his Tuesdays on the Pat McAfee show, he's been uh, very vocal about his political leanings, his um, decisions to not vaccinate, other medical things that he's talked about, um, citing whatever sources he thinks are appropriate, and everyone has the right to do that, of course. But... Recently on ESPN and the Pat McAfee show, he went after comedian Jimmy Kimmel. And I have I have no connection to Jimmy Kimmel. I don't watch the show. I don't really care about it. Um, he essentially tied Jimmy Kimmel to the Epstein story. And essentially made the case that when that list came out of people associated with Epstein, Jimmy Kimmel would be on it. And Jimmy Kimmel took offense to it. I'm not going to play that. He had a seven-minute monologue one day where he's ripping on Aaron Rodgers making fun of his community college background and some of the things he says. So I guess I asked the, the crazy question for this reason, I should say crazy or is he right? If you have someone like Aaron Rodgers on a program, in this case is the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, is it unexpected that he would have thoughts about things and that he would vocalize those opinions. Now, he's paid to be on the show. He's not just a guest that shows up. More than a million dollars a year, apparently. So he wasn't doing it because he just liked Pat McAfee. Now, I'll give you a little detail on on how this shook out. This week, they announced on the Pat McAfee show that he was not going to be on. Pat McAfee said, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, done for the season, He and his staff applauded, by the way, when he said that. McAfee went on to say that Rodgers was was a distraction to the show. McAfee said that the guy who stopped by yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, caused quite a conversation. Went on to say Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is done. 
There are going to be a lot of people that are happy about that, myself included, to be honest. The way it ended, it got really loud, really loud. I'm happy that it's not going to be my mentions going forward, which is great news. So my take is that ESPN said to Pat McAfee, you got to get control of this. This is getting out of control. And at some point, Pat McAfee said, we built a brand. Aaron Rodgers was part of building that brand. But at this point, we have to part ways. But from the Aaron Rodgers perspective, I threw out the crazy because it's a great tease, but there's a bigger question here. If he's on a show like that, would you not expect Aaron Rodgers to speak his mind? Because last time I checked, that's what Aaron Rodgers does all the time. And you can separate out the off the field from the on the field stuff, I think. I mean, it crosses over. The the, uh, issue with... Aaron Rodgers is he missed a football game as a starter for the Green Bay Packers because of COVID. He misled about the fact that he was vaccinated and ultimately admitted he wasn't. But it's not crazy, my opinion, to expect if you're hired to go on a show that you're going to talk about the things you want to talk about. That's You're the guest. You built, essentially, Pat McAfee's brand for him with that Tuesday appearance. Let's be honest. And whatever your thoughts are on vaccines or COVID, or there's just as many people that probably today agree with Aaron that don't, right? I, I would argue he's misguided on vaccines, but that's my opinion. He has a different one. We have to respect that. 855-616-1620. Just curious. And if you want to take it to the I'm done with Aaron Rodgers, fine. There's a lot of people that say that as well. I don't want to hear from Aaron Rodgers anymore. Well, that actually is something that's going to happen because he's not going to be on Pat McAfee anymore this season. And uh, I would guess his um, talk show schedule will be very, very light in the years ahead. What do you think? 855-616-1620. We'll spend a little time on this on this Thursday pre-snowstorm edition of WTMJ Now. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of projects around my house. So if you're looking around your house and see nothing but projects that need to be done, maybe countertops... New floors. I'm getting a new floor soon. I'll be telling you all about that in the weeks and months ahead. Do you have smart tech in your house yet? A new year means it's time for a new home remodeling project. Meet, connect, and learn at the Metropolitan Builders Association's Home Remodeling Show in the Expo Center at State Fair Park, January 12th to the 14th. I believe that's coming up very soon. Wisconsin's Afternoon News. John McCure and the gang will be giving away tickets all this week. Get your next home remodeling project started today. Join Wisconsin's Afternoon News all week long for a chance to win tickets to the 2024 Metropolitan Builders Association Home Remodeling Show. I don't have tickets. You have to listen to Wisconsin Afternoon News, and they will provide that opportunity for you to win tickets to the fantastic, awesome Metropolitan Builders Association Home Remodeling Show, which I've been to, which is absolutely incredible. And if you have a thought about your home and projects, that is the place to go to check that out. All right. Karen has a thoughts from Milwaukee. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. The first thing, I totally agree with you that Rogers has a right to say whatever he wants. But I do want to say that when he starts talking about vaccines and he's saying things that have absolutely no basis in scientific fact or consensus given the current state of the science, 
it actually poses a danger. And so I don't want it to be like a false equivalence that like he can say what he wants, we'll say what we want, and it's all the same. It's not. That was just the first thing. The second thing is, as to your particular point about him coming on the show, and we should expect him to say some crazy stuff because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yes. But here's the thing, and you know this because you go on the radio every day. There's a line. And when you start to slander someone or engage in things that could create liability for the network or the show that you're on, yeah, that's when they cut you loose, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's, that's the line that he crossed. When you attack somebody without evidence, and he says, he, I think he apparently said later he has evidence, which I don't know is true. He crossed the line, and he had to, he had to suffer the consequences. I think that's exactly how the process played out. But my, I guess my point was, Pat McAfee knew what he was doing. He knew that Aaron Rodgers would build his brand, and he utilized that talent and that individual to get a big contract and a, and a big TV show, and I think now he's realizing there was some risk associated with that. So thanks for the call, Karen. I, I, I agree with what Karen's saying. And you know my thoughts on, on vaccines. I get vaccinated. I believe in vaccines, as do, by the way, most Americans. That's not a controversial opinion. My, my whole point with Rodgers is this. Celebrate the player. If you, if you want to hear what he has to say on the other stuff, fine. If you don't, discard it. But as Karen just said, a great phone call. I couldn't have said it any better than she did. There's consequences to what you say, one. And two, when you cross the line, like he did, you shouldn't be shocked that there's, there, there's ramifications for that action or those words. That's exactly how it's supposed to work. And it, in the case of Pat McAfee's show, Tuesdays with Aaron Rodgers, boom, gone. There is one little other side point before we go to break, and I'm going I'm to switch gears and talk about social media in a second. There is a question that people ask me about. If you scrub away the, I don't want to use, use the word crazy, but you know, if you scrub away the controversial from shows or appearances on shows, it does dumb them down a bit, right? So there are consequences even to that decision. Now, you have to weigh the consequences for the owners of the show, which is ESPN. Do you, do you make more money without them, or do you make more money with them? And the, and the chances of being sued for a comment that somebody makes, even though it's not ESPN's fault, it shouldn't be. There are other decisions as part of that bigger decision. You get me? And I think that's that's what happened here. Will I miss Aaron on Pat McAfee? No. Although it did provide a lot of fodder for my show and other shows. So uh, at that at some point, yeah, maybe we'll miss that. I'm actually, I just had this conversation this morning before I go to break. I had a conversation about Aaron Rodgers, the football player. I'm not cheering against him. Part of me wants, I don't want the Jets to win the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen anyway. I would like to see Aaron Rodgers come back from Achilles injury and play well. Because his talents on the football field is is undeniable. And to demonstrate that he could come back from an injury like that and perform at a high level, I would not have any animosity towards that at all. I don't have to listen to his off-the-field stuff, but I certainly would enjoy to watch him play football again. And it gives me another team to watch on TV, which is a good thing. All right, after the break, the question about social media. There's been all these states that are starting to decide... Well, they've already decided. They're starting to legislate the idea of social media's access, right? Who should be able to get it? And states are starting to say, you know what? We are not going to allow 
social media to be available to teenagers. I'll tell you the details of that, and then we're going to ask this question. Is this the right thing to do? I've been asking all my friends who have teenagers. It's interesting the responses you get on this social media question. We're going to explore that after this on WTMJ. I've been bugging a lot of my friends who have teenagers about social media and the two things, the access to smartphones and the access to social media. And I can tell you, all the people I've talked to, there's a wide variety of responses to not at all to I trust them, we monitor their activity, uh, to even somebody that said, I trust them, I don't, I don't worry about it. So why did I bring this up? There, there was a story that I read the other day on, on Yahoo News, which I've talked about this before on the show, but it's not going away. And it's something that I think is an interesting look at technology. I think Martin Moore and I talked about this a few weeks ago as well, and, and the access to some of the technologies we have. And I've actually learned something from some of the folks that I talked to that there's some great apps that allow parents to kind of monitor their kids' social media use, which I think is fantastic. Uh, including their whereabouts, all great stuff. But this one spe- uh, comes from a specific story I saw, uh, again, Yahoo News. The headline is this. New Utah laws will ban teens from social media sites. And the, it adds on, here's why Idaho could be next. So in Idaho and Utah, they are looking at taking away the ability of young people to access social media. In the Idaho House, the governor spoke. Direct quote, I'm asking my partners in the legislature to pass meaningful reforms this session, like the legislative bodies in Arkansas, Utah, and other states have done to better protect our children from the harms of social media. Now, last year, Utah and Arkansas, the two states, two of the states he referenced there, first two states to pass social media laws that ban those younger than 18 from accessing TikTok, Facebook, Instagram without parental permission. And that's a big caveat, without parental permission. What's required of the social media companies? Because this is the question that's always asked. They have to verify ages and obtain a guardian's consent through federally recognized methods before allowing minors on their sites. Utah, different state, grants parents complete access to their children's accounts and requires those platforms to block, so the platform has to do the work, block minors between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. unless adjusted by a parent and limit, also limiting who can search for and message minors. So a lot in that legislation. And the Utah laws, which go into effect March 1st, so a couple months from now, put restrictions on tech companies, can't collect minors' data, or target a minor social media account with advertising for ag- advertising purposes or with some of the more addictive features and design features of these social media platforms. My question is simple. Is this where we're going on this issue? Are we going to ban kids from social media? I've talked about this before. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Facebook. I have an Instagram account that I never use, and I use Twitter for work. That's about it. But we live, 
as an adult in an age where everyone wants you to be on all of these platforms, including your place of employment, probably. So that's the reality of the world we live in. I'd love to hear from parents of teens, because when I asked the question, as I said earlier, all over the board, all over the spectrum, right? Won't give them phones, limit their access. I trust them. They don't betray my trust to, you know, some of the horror stories that we've all heard about and I've talked about. What do you think? Should Wisconsin, should the country limit teens' access to these social media platforms? I may surprise you in my answer, which I'll talk about after this. A lot of texts on my social media questions. Should we ban these social media platforms, social media platforms from children, teenagers? Uh, and I'll read some of the texts. You're welcome to join us on the phone as well. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk text line. I, um, I'll say this. I don't think banning is the way to go here. It, one, I think it's completely unenforceable. I think I would like to see social media companies be more responsible. But I also want parents to be more responsible. From the... Text line, Steve, I I do think TikTok should be banned nationally. A lot of people uh, point to the issue of the connection to Chinese ownership, their ability to gather all kinds of data about the users and and know a lot about our country, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not on TikTok, and I don't have any plans to join. I think the station has a TikTok account. I don't know how much we use it. Uh, From the 414, I constantly wonder why, when the adults, the kids and teens count on to put up parameters around them to keep them from harm, and they don't, I just wonder wonder what young people think of us for doing nothing. It's an interesting interesting question. I was was watching some TV over the weekend, and it had to do with a, uh, a young person in a high school who basically terrorized young women who also were his peers at that school. And he was able to get away from... uh, get away with it for a long time. And he would basically scam them to getting them to send pictures, you know, something that's story that's been told a million times. It's, it's a story though, that has a, a good ending, but also a sad ending. Cause some of these girls felt like their lives were destroyed. Thankfully no one harmed themselves or anything. But when they caught the individual who was also a high school kid, as I said, this young man, young boy, he fought forever. His, his mother denied it until they finally, in a almost a sting operation, they caught him with his phone, and then he couldn't deny it anymore because they had done that previously, and he was uh, somehow able to, to uh, wipe the phone. So even in that situation, there was parental denial. How dare you accuse my kid of that? Well, somebody's doing this. I just don't think banning is the answer. And I have a thought on it, but I want to hear from, um, is it Michael? Michael in Milwaukee calls us on the phone. Hey, Michael. Hello, how are you? Good, good. What do you think? Listen, um, I'm comparing this to the aspect of when uh, the government started talking about um, parental control on TVs with um, games and violence and things like that. I agree that the predatory aspect of um, the bad people is what we're going to call them. It all still boils down to parents watching kids. Government can help in the 
prosecution of um, the predatory aspect. The other aspect of parents watching what they do is the biggest issue. We've been having the parental issue forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like the caller said before, the parents are in denial. Oh, my kid doesn't do that. Well, wake up, people. You, you, can't, you can't allow children to grow without guidance. That's a great point. Thanks for the call, Michael. And look, he's, of course, right. Children, their brains are still developing. Children will make mistakes, sometimes fatal mistakes, and that's part of the the sadness of, of some of these stories. But in the world we live in, with the tech, technology that we have and we will we will have in the future, I just don't see anything that's getting in the way of that, of getting access from teens or anyone that's not supposed to have access because the world is a different place, right? There's so much technology. Movies that we would have never been able to see as a kid, we can now see, and kids can see because they have access to the Internet. It always comes down to parents. It always comes down to the supervision. And once that falls away, and that's why I do sort of understand the Utah and Arkansas decisions, because they're, they're looking at limiting access completely from like 1030 to in the morning, which is that time when some kids who shouldn't be doing this are on their phones, in bed, messaging, hopefully not sending pictures of themselves, getting themselves in trouble or worse. That's the problem. Steve from Brookfield joins the conversation. Hey, Steve. Yeah, hey, Steve. Um, Yeah, just going back on that conversation around TikTok uh, and and social platforms in terms of what the risk is. And, And so what we're seeing on the battlefield in Ukraine right now is the fact that both sides are leveraging the content that is aggregated and collected by the social platforms meaning the geolocation of pictures taken, of videos taken, right? And they're pairing that data that is collected by those platforms like TikTok, and they're pairing that with AI and drone technology. And so the basis is now AI can learn about somebody through their social content, videos taken, pictures taken. A drone can be learned on that and then sent out and 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 kill that person in terms of when they see that person. So that is the big risk to a foreign entity hosting all of that content like TikTok. So that being said, what what are your thoughts? Can, can we ban this stuff, or, or is there another answer that we're not thinking of? Well, I don't know if you can ban it, but there's certainly other technologies out there that can limit what data can be collected. Yeah, it's namely th- geolocation. Yeah, thank, thanks for the call, Steve. I think that last point is actually a, a kind of a unique distinction, right? This is where the adults and the owners of the platform can do a great service to the customers they serve. Stop taking money for algorithms and from advertisers or data seekers that has potential harm to your customers, the adults and children who utilize those platforms. That is something that could be regulated. When and if you can prove causality, there's a actual harm here that your business model is not helping, but actually contributing to. Debbie joins us from Elkhorn. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. What do you think? Well, 
I'm a older parent in the sandwich nation, and I don't think I'm alone when you ask me to or us to control what kids are doing on a media that we don't understand. <laughs> That's a good question. Yes. Yes. So what would your answer so to that help. be? What, what, what would your answer? Well, there's, there's apps that can help you do that, and I'm, I'm going to try to point to some uh, in the next segment. Um, like, what, what's your frustration? Do you have, do, first of all, do you have teens? I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, but I also have 30-year-old boys. So, again, Sandwich Nation. Yes, yeah, you have a, a broad spread there. So for the, would you say, 11-year-old? Yes. Smartphone? Yes. Um, how no, much? No. no. She th- has the phones we throw away, so she can use okay. it at the, in the house or anywhere there's Internet. Got it. That's smart. That's smart. Um, if you're in the situation as a parent, and, and you will be because the 11-year-old is going to get older, and at some point they're going to want to have access to all the things that teens have access to, would you be, already does, sir. Yeah, would you be supportive of technologies that help parents sort of sort that out for you? Definitely. And you made the comment that you don't think it could be enforceable or the companies wouldn't do it. But if the government gets involved and mandates the companies do it, I do think it would be enforceable, and the onus would take be off of the parents who are the bad guys when we're just trying to make them safe. Yeah, thanks for the call, Debbie. You made some great points there. Th- that is the part I did say was enforceable, was the fact that the government could say to the companies, the providers of these services, you can do something about that. Uh, well, I'm going to do a little search here for apps that help parents because I want to be helpful on this conversation. We'll take a break here. Lots more show to get to. We'll still have the 11 o'clock hour before Tracy Johnson takes over. Another break. On WTMJ. A quick internet search, God bless the internet, gives you a bunch of apps that can help parents. Uh, one of them is Net Nanny, N E T N A N N Y. Bark is another one, B A R K. Moby Sip, M O B I C I P. Um, and another one, Fami Safe, F A M I S A F E. And basically, they all kind of do the same thing that you can monitor your, your kids' online activities. Um, it can actually search for dangerous content in, in messaging. Um, it's got reporting um, software that built in, uh, reporting abilities that can tell parents when there's something going on that they should be aware of, which is helpful. Um, and then uh, some of the bigger companies like Norton has one, Century PC, uh, Family Time. Uh, I would suggest if you're a parent and you're concerned on this issue, you should certainly think about that. Uh, one of my teammates was sharing with me a great app that I wasn't aware of, and I don't have the name off the top of my head. And it, it's a great way to track real-time where your kids are, how long they've been there. Like, it, sh- it shows a little picture of their smiling face, hopefully, um, and tells you where they're at. They're at school. They're at um, their whatever class. They're at baseball practice. And how long they've been there, it tells you when they're driving in a car. It tells you when they're walking. It's kind of, and I'll, I'll try to get that app from uh, one of my teammates and uh, get push that out somewhere on one of the uh, platforms here. It, it sounds like a great way for parents to at least be tuned in. And probably parents are, are the best resource because you guys, some of you have been doing this forever and are probably a lot smarter about this than I, than I am. A couple quick texts on this. Very good point, caller. See, you can do something. Algorithms are huge, and yet we have done nothing because of profits over people. That's why I brought it up. These are huge, profitable companies making a ton of money on our backs. There should be an expectation. You want to talk about enforcement on governments at least looking at these big mega companies and saying, you know what, you can be better at what you do. 
You can screen out violent con- content. You can catch the people who are preying on innocent young people, boys and girls, before these things become a recipe for disaster, including young people taking their lives. Uh, from the 414, this is bigger. This is all-encompassing. Parents have to go to work. Parents have other responsibilities. They just can't get help from a community. Parents need help. They are asking for it. Help them. Again, that's part of the reason I brought it up. I think there's a, a time and a place where we can actually think reasonably and logically. The reason I brought up Utah and Arkansas and Idaho is that they are trying to do this in a rather unique way by passing legislation in their states. To the caller's point a couple callers ago, I think there's an opportunity for the federal government to say to the providers, you can do better, making it easier for parents. They still have to watch what their kids are doing, but making it easier for them to at least get through a day without worrying that their kids is somehow exposed to something they should never, ever have to see. That's the question. I think that's the responsible answer. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Wisconsin. Good morning, parts beyond Wisconsin. All of you, thanks for taking the time to find us over the air online podcast. Don't forget my Decision Wisconsin podcasts are up and running on WTMJ.com. Just find the podcast page, Decision Wisconsin. Got some uh, great ones in the can. Got some great ones coming up with Charles Franklin and Charles Benson and Mark Cass. Ben Wickler, the chair of the Wisconsin Democratic Party. Um, and some other great ones as well. I'm reaching out to some uh, national media folks. So this is going to be an interesting year for all of that. And Decision Wisconsin is a great way to see what we are talking about and the newsmakers and decisions that will shape our election in the November of 2024. So thanks for finding that. Uh, Decision Wisconsin, Countdown of the RNC podcast, available on WTMJ.com. And, of course, our show podcast, WTMJ Now, available wherever you get podcasts. All right. So a little we're, – we're shifting some of our, our um, strategy on how we do things. And one of the things we're going to shift a little bit is that's what Steve said. So we are doing it a little bit differently. So before I have Charlie play the intro – I just need callers, 855-616-1620. There's just one question, just one question that you have to correctly answer, and we'll just go down the line. If you get it right, you win the $30 Mineshaft gift card. Pretty easy, simple, and I would tell you that the Mineshaft is one of the best restaurants around. Beautiful downtown Hartford, also an Oshkosh location. And, of course, you know this because I've said this before, and John McCure says it a lot as well, every Thursday, Thursday, buy one pizza, get one free. So that's the contest, right? So 855-616-1620 is the number. Charlie, hit the, that's what Steve said. It's time to talk about the topics that were vague. That's what she said. Ha, I don't get it. It's time to talk about the topics that were hard. That's what she said. Or he said. It's time to talk about the topics that had us saying. That's what she said. It's time for. That's what she said. (laughs) No, it's time for that's what Steve said. Let's just say it. To lighten the tension when things sort of get hard. All right, let's go. 855-616-166. There we go. One question that can change your life if changing your life is a $30 Mineshaft gift card. But as we said, Thursdays, buy one pizza, get one free. So, that $30 is going to go a long way if you're buying pizzas, right? 
that makes sense? So it's Charlie's queuing those folks up. I will tell you that this question, give you a little hint, has to do with the legalization question of marijuana in Wisconsin. All right, we have Jim from Oshkosh. You only get one guess, so I'm going to read you the question. Jim from Oshkosh, welcome. Jim from Oshkosh? Yes. There we go. How yeah. are you? How are you? Good. Good? Okay. So here's the question. There's three possible answers. Only one is correct. Listen carefully. With the recent proposal by Assembly Republicans in Wisconsin for a limited legalization of medicinal marijuana, what did I say on this program was the year we might see the legal sale of recreational marijuana in Wisconsin? Was it 2026, A, B, 2028, or C, 2030? What did I say? Jim. 2026. Jim says 2026. That is incorrect, Jim. Sorry about that. Let's go to the next caller, Gary from Milwaukee. Where is he at? Gary. All right. So, Gary, did you hear the question, Gary? Gary? Going once, Gary? Where are you at, Gary? Where's Gary? Where's Gary at? Are you talking to Gary? Gary. There he is. Gary, can I can you hear me? I heard him briefly. Gary. Gary once. Gary twice. Gary. You're just saying your name, Gary, out loud. We're gonna we're gonna have to let you go there. But thanks for uh, calling. Uh, he's queuing up another caller. So the question is this: marijuana. I'm waiting for. Char- there we go, Pete. From Wapan, one of my favorite cities. Say hi to Mayor Ron for me. Pete from Wapan calling. Hi, Pete. I will. Thank you. I'm on the council with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. My prop- Did I meet you once before? Yes. Yes, when you were here. All right. I love that. All right. So I don't know if you heard the question, but I'm going to read it again. With a recent proposal by Assembly Republicans in Wisconsin for a limited legalization of medicinal marijuana, what did I say was the year we might see the legal sale of recreational marijuana in Wisconsin? Now, Jim said it was 2026. There's only two answers left, B and C. Was it B, 2028, or C, 2030, Pete? If I remember the conversation correctly, I thought it was B, 2028. There's our winner. Yes, Pete from Wapan is our winner. So, Pete, stay on the line. Uh, Great to talk to you. You'll be the winner of a $30 Mindchef gift card. And uh, as I said, on Thursday, there there you go. Perfect for you. Thanks for taking the time to call. Pete, stay on the line. We'll take a quick break here. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. Congratulations to Pete and Wapan, and thanks for for his public service as a member of the council up there. Uh, Just a quick backtrack. We're talking about that tracking app for your kids. Uh, It's Life360 is the app that I, I, I saw firsthand. Uh, it looked pretty slick. So if you're a parent and you're trying to figure out where your kids are, what they're doing, their activities, how long they've been there, all of those things, Life360 is the app. Um, I'm going to talk about snow briefly, but I, I don't want to like a ton of text about, well, you were the guy that said we had no snow. I get it. But as I also said, in January and February and probably March, we get snow. Now, I just saw one of the local weather folks update our toll. We've only had eight inches at the airport, which is Milwaukee. Uh, since October. So that's by no stretch of the imagination a, a, a lot of snow. Now, that story is changing, right? We had like a couple inches up to like four inches in beautiful downtown Hartford uh, last night. 
And we are scheduled tomorrow to have a pretty significant snow event. So my question is a simple one. And let's, you know, quick text, 855-616-1620. You can call if you want to. Are you ready for the snow? Why do I ask that, Steve? Because you're probably like me. I have not, I've started my snowblower, but that was like when it was warm out. I've had no reason to start it since then. It's still sitting there ready to go, fully gassed up, oil checked, changed, all of that stuff. Tuned up, ready to go. That was like a month and a half ago. I actually let it run for about 15 minutes. Moved it around a little bit, engaged the mechanism, all that stuff to move the snow. Are you ready for this big snow events? That means have you done what I just did? Have you planned your day accordingly? Because, you know, one of my biggest frustrations is I saw it this morning. We get two inches, three inches. Everybody's, it's chaos again. I thought we were so good at, at weather that we weren't going to overreact to this stuff. Spin outs, stalled cars, blah, 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 blah. It's like all the stuff that people that aren't experienced with snow would do. Are you ready for this snowstorm? Now, there's no guarantees. I know what they're saying, but again, no guarantees. There never are, right? But this looks like a pretty consistent, steady snowmaker. 855-616-1620. Just a quick text. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. Are you ready for this snowstorm? That includes the things I mentioned. Getting your equipment ready. Got your shovels ready. Have you planned your day accordingly? If you're a person who can work from home, are you making that call? Have you stocked up? I always hate to say this, but it's because it's so dumb. Have you stocked up on the essentials? As if every one of us, raise your hand out there, don't have like a enough food in our house right now to survive for a month if we never left the house. Raise your hand. That's everybody. Everybody's got that. Unless you're a single person. Then maybe not. You, maybe you, you buy your stuff every day. But families, for the most part, there is a month-long supply of food in your house. Yes? 855-616-1620. I just want to know if you're ready for the snowstorm. That's it. Simple question. 855-616-1620. So, are you ready for the snowstorm, snowmageddon, overreaction? That's my take on all of this. We always go crazy with this stuff. And I can tell you, because I see all the local stations, they are spending an inordinate amount of time talking about the uh, the forecast. And I was beat, literally beat up. No, not literally. Figuratively. Man, Wars would kill me if I if he just heard Is Scott Wars on the line? He would kill me if I if he was listening to it's figuratively beat up, not literally. I was not literally beat up. Although it felt like that, figuratively. Little Scott Wars shout out there. All right. I'm just asking the question, are you ready for the snowstorm? Because I was told that we are all set, people are ready, they're waiting for the snow, and then yet this morning we get like a couple inches, and it's like chaos out there. Oh, Debbie Lazica's this, and Debbie Lazica that's, and spin-outs, and cars in the ditch. And I thought we were so good with this stuff. Now we're talking heavy snow Friday night, starting heavy, eventually gets lighter. The concerning part is the high wind. Now, I don't have anywhere to be till Saturday night, so I'm assuming I'm okay. I'm just going to sample the, uh, the text line. Yes, we are heading to Arizona. Tom and Susie from Sun Prairie. Enjoy um, Arizona, Tom and Susie. Have fun. 
Uh, Steve, the fleet is ready. Just need trails cleared of downed trees. Plenty of food, beer from Jeff and Economowoc. Good to go. There you go. I'm good. I'm retired from the 414. Don't need to go anywhere. I live in an apartment. It's all taken care of. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, my airplane leaves at 430 uh, to Florida. Good job, you. Yes, we got seven, eight inches on Tuesday. Ooh, you must be in the uh, western part of our listening area. And my Aaron's snowblower works great. I also have an Aaron's. Big fan. I welcome this weather. I bartend at X-Golf, and when it's horrible weather, I make more money. Interesting. So people are in the snowstormy weather. They want to X-Golf. Interesting. Uh, from the 262, I'm 100% prepared for a big snow, but selfishly wish we'd instead maintain the November to December warmth and set a record for the warmest and least snowiest winter. Too bad that's not no longer likely. Uh, equipment is ready. Enough food in the house. I'm retired and I'm staying home. All right, so you're all telling me you're ready for this big snowstorm that's coming tomorrow. Now, I have a show tomorrow, and I know it's supposed to start like in the a.m. sometime. I should be okay. Now, GKB, our parent company, is very, very good about like letting people work from home, but I could work from home, but it's, it's kind of a hassle to do a radio show staring at the wall of my beautiful office. So I much prefer to the, uh, the beautiful studios at the avenue right adjacent to the 3rd Street Market Hall here in, in downtown Milwaukee. John from Appleton has a thought. Hi, John. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Wonderful on this Thursday. How are you? Oh, I'm good. My, our, our favorite saying, it, it, it's kind of an old one, but when people get all flustered like this about snow, it's like, you know, we do live in Wisconsin, but the old saying is, you let the horses out of the barn and you get the women and children into the basement. My <laughs> goodness. It's Snowmageddon, John, to quote your uh, comment to Charlie. It's Snowmageddon. You're going to survive, we're won't you? We're all going down. You're going to survive, won't you, John? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, we're, already, we're already geared up for Sunday night for the Packer game. So, yeah, if it happens, we'll, we'll be well fed. All right. Good luck to you and the Packers in the, uh, the upcoming snowstorm and hopefully a, a blitz of touchdowns for the Green Bay Packers against the uh, dreaded Dallas Cowboys. Uh, David from, is it David from Appleton? Hi, David. Hey, Steve, first-time caller. How are you doing? I am wonderful on this Thursday. So are you ready for this snowmageddon? Oh, my gosh, I'm like a kid at Christmas. My snowmobiles have been waiting for this since last March. So you're geared up. Oh, yeah, we got, uh, I got a place in Marinette County and a friend of mine that has one up in Florence County, and it sounds like if everything works out, they'll have things opened up for Sunday, and we're off Monday for Martin Luther King, so there you go. bring it on. Three-day weekend. Hey, a question for you. So I was thinking about this as I was outside the other day, just moving a, a little light snow. Do you wear the full, like, parka, snow hat, gloves, or do you go light because you let the equipment do all the work? As far as when I snowball? Yeah. I go pretty light. I can, I'm one of them that seems to be able to handle the cold, wet weather. It doesn't bother me. It's the warm weather that I don't care for. So I, I mean, not that I will do this uh, Sunday in the bitter cold, but like this last storm we had when it was up with 20s and 30s, I might even have a pair of shorts on. Would it surprise you that I, I wore a sweatshirt when I was doing it the other day? It was actually like 30-some degrees. It was very comfortable. Right. I know. I'll be sweating if I wear too much of that stuff. It's, uh, <laughs> I heat up pretty quick. All right, I love it. Thanks, thanks for the call, David. Uh, from the text line, we're aware of snow. Used our snowblower this morning, three inches, and got to work on time. We'll likely hunker down. I think hunker down is going to be a common phrase we hear a lot of tomorrow evening. One of us will go to our grandkids' home for an already called virtual learning day tomorrow. 
So that's happening, too. I, I actually hadn't paid attention to that. So just like, what day was that? What day was it when they were had the, was that Monday, Tuesday? Oh, the days go by so fast. We're, we're all in a full, pick another day off. See, now, do the schools that close for no reason, do they regret now that they may have to do the real thing tomorrow? Hmm. Steve from Oshkosh joins us. Hi, Steve. Good morning, Guy. How are you doing? I've been listening to you for a while, and uh, hey, you're all right. I appreciate that, Steve, and we share the same first name, so that's extra special. (laughs) I like to say to myself and joke with people like you, people that travel from down south, they're up here on business or whatever, and they see us running around with our hair on fire. Oh, it's going to storm. It's going to storm. They must say to themselves and their friends when they get back home, those people up there, are they for real? They live here. They grew up. They don't know how to handle a snowstorm. Come on! <laughs> I, th- I think you're. Thanks for the call, Steve. I think he's exactly right. Everybody freaks out. We couldn't handle three inches today without spinning out all over the highway. You know why that is? Because the knuckleheads that want to drive too fast. I'll say it out loud on the radio. Yeah, you knuckleheads. I feel no, no sorrow for you. You did that. You're not careful. You drive too fast. You're a bad driver. Am I right on that, John, from Campbellsport? I think I am. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> yeah, I live up in the middle of the northern Kettle Moraine State Forest on a back little private one-lane road. Ours is the last thing to get plowed. Um, but anyway, yeah, we have uh, our power two years ago, not to do with snow, it has to do with anything else, went out 13 times. So and wow. right now our trees are really heavy with snow. I mean, limbs are going to break. Things are going to come down. We were cleaning off not only snow, but branches just yesterday in that storm. So I'm planning on our power going out. We have I have wood burners inside. that The wood is all piled and ready to go in the wood bins and some more in the garage. I call it pre-warming to get it warmed up. We've got, I even have water in a jug all set to go. So when the power goes out, we'll have water and toilets. Man, you're hunkered down. Lamps. You're hunkered down. Oh, I'll tell you what. And living the dream. It's a beautiful place. We are set, ready to go. We'll be warm. We'll be safe. We'll be dry. And, you know, food and, and bring on the snow. It's all right. Be beautiful. All right, John, check back in after, on next week after the storm. Let us know how it turns out. John is ready in Campbellsport. Uh, a few more texts, then we'll go to break here. I get to drive. This is from the 414. I get to drive directly south in the storm to get my kids to a hockey tournament. I ain't scared. Uh, 414, hello, Steve. Sorry for the language, but this snowstorm coming sucks. I'm leaving early Saturday for a trip to, I just lost it there. Where did you go? Oh, to Miami for a week-long cruise. Oof. Well, I hope you get off and uh, in your cruise, everything goes fine. The cruises are fun. I hope we make it to the ship. Don't leave till Sunday, though. So you got a little time, a little flexibility. But yeah, that, and I always feel bad for the folks that are traveling that have travel nightmares because that's the hardest, right? You're stuck somewhere. You're trying to get somewhere, especially when it's somewhere nice. Uh, we are a family of five with three small kids, and we go through about a gallon of milk a day, and we are down to our last two gallons. I'll be braving the grocery store later. Yeah, I mean, families with kids is different, right? Those kids suck milk like nobody's business. Like a, like a baby cow, basically, right? I mean, I could have a, Charlie's laughing a bit. I could have a gallon of, of milk, not, I mean, no, a half gallon in my fridge. It would literally take me a month to drink that, a half gallon of milk. You got to be careful with how much milk you drink. I remember when we I were, don't drink we, that much. we were leaving a condo 
in a Colorado before we head back to Illinois, and I said, no, I don't want to waste this milk. I'm going to drink it all. Uh, we basically had to stop at every single gas station and rest area on the way back as I, um, <laughs> my system tried to sort everything out. Yeah, that's an interesting... <laughs> I don't know if I needed that story, Charlie, but thanks, no. thanks for sharing. Well, how about this? Do you think the Packers are glad they're playing in Dallas and not up yes. here? Oh, my God. It would be a nightmare, eh? I think that's a, that's a great point by Charlie there, producer Charlie. I think that's a good thing. And here's what here's my suggestion. Now, we're scheduled to go out with our friends Jack and Patty on Saturday, and I know they listen to the show. We're going to have to keep that open because I don't know if it's going to be – I think we're going to New, somewhere in New Berlin. I don't know. We're going to have to see how that travel thing – if it's okay, we'll, we'll certainly do that, but – I think we're all going to sort of have to hunker down a bit. Now, the, apparently right now the sun is shining outside, and I'm looking at this backdrop on Fox 6. It's it's pretty. The snow is in the trees, and, you know, it's that, that cool effect, glistening, melting snow. You know what? We'll survive this. But as the texters are saying, I get a lot of – I made some comments about the drivers. Yeah, we are horrible, even though we should be really good at driving in snow. And the sole reason is we want to get there too fast. We drive too fast. We don't pay attention. We're bad drivers to begin with. That's why I always ask my trucker friends who listen to the show to assess our driving skills and every one of them to a person who says, we are getting worse every year. That's on you. Be better drivers. And in a, in a case of this, plan accordingly. That's why I started this segment a couple segments ago. Plan accordingly. Unless you're having brain surgery, you probably don't have to be anywhere that important. And if you want to take that all the way through Sunday, stock up today when it's decent, sort of. Get what you need, and then hunker down until the Packers playoff game, 3.30 Sunday. Sound like a plan? All right, after the break, California, of all places, maybe not surprising, wants to cancel, ban, tackle football. For younger people. We'll discuss after this. More of WTMJ now after this. Replacement windows and doors. Where do you start? Siding Unlimited is the best installation contractor in Wisconsin and even in the whole USA. So start there. How do I dare claim that Siding Unlimited is the best? Well, Pella, America's best manufacturer of windows and doors, said it. Loud and clear, naming Siding Unlimited their Platinum Elite Contractor of the Year, three years in a row. That's a big title. It's a big deal. It means best of the best. Our own Siding Unlimited. Local, family-owned, honest and reliable, knowledgeable and skilled. Siding Unlimited. So, where do you start? You want windows, but think siding. Siding Unlimited, Wisconsin's best, America's best. SidingUnlimited.com. This is Brad Youngluth with Semper Fi Roofing and Exteriors, your local veteran owned and operated exterior remodeling company. The Energy Star ratings for windows are getting a lot tougher to get the tax credits you're going to want to take advantage of. Fortunately, we still have options that will qualify you for those tax credits. Now I can sit here and talk benefits of this product or what's great about that product. So can everybody else. But what a lot of operations can't do is with complete confidence stand behind the crew that's going to be on that next job. Talk is cheap, I get it. But our people are exceptional. How do I know? Because me and Vito handpick every single person that makes our team. Some make the cut, a lot don't. 
And that's why you can be confident that the windows we install for you will be top quality, installed right, and that you're going to get great service. And that's never failed us. So for your home's new windows, you can count on Semper Fi to keep you safe, warm, and dry. We keep you safe, warm, and dry, Semper Fi. It's WTMJ Now. Lots of people weighing in on the snow stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll read some throughout the rest of the uh, program. We, we wind it down at 12 and wind it up for Tracy Johnson, who's in from noon to 3 here on WTMJ. Um, I saw the story last night when I was kind of going through some stuff as I was watching the uh, both the debate in the town hall with the uh, candidates for president, Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. And I, I thought this is something that we should talk about. And I don't have a ton of time, but I, I, it's something we should at least think about. And I'll I'll bring it back to Wisconsin in a bit, but the story is this. Uh, ABC, debate begins over California bill that would would ban youth tackle football. So youth tackle football for any kid under 12. They're citing the increased risk of brain injury and trauma. So they debated the bill yesterday in California legislature. Uh, It's called AB 734, if you're interested. Introduced by a Sacramento, California assembly member would prohibit, this is exactly uh, precisely from the bill, would prohibit a youth sports organization that conducts a tackle football program or a youth tackle football league from allowing any person younger than 12 years of age to be a youth tackle football participant through the organization or league. And I thought about this. Now, I wasn't a football player. I like baseball and basketball, but friends who played, uh, certainly a big fan of football. I'm a season ticket holder in the NFL, so love football. And I've heard sort of anecdotally from parents and friends that they've always kind of crossed their fingers and hoped their kids didn't play football. Not everybody. There's certainly a lot of fans of football in high school. But it has changed. And the certainly the parental concern over things like brain injury or trauma. I, I told the story before in a different context, but... When I used to go into my orthopedic surgeon, their office, it was filled with people my age or older. The last time I went in for, I had to have my knee drained. This is a couple years ago. Knee's pretty much fine now. There was, I would say, 75% young Men and women, boys and girls, all under the age of 25. 75% of the, of the waiting room, which is busy always, was that age group. And maybe that was just that day. I don't know. Maybe it was a day off for kids. I have no idea if there's any specific reason why the waiting room was filled with young people. But it, do, it does raise the question. So my simple question for all of you is this. Not that we're going to follow California's lead. I don't want to get into a debate over liberal conservative states. Don't care. Not what we're going to talk about. Would it be a smart decision for Wisconsin? WIAA, this legislature, if they were so inclined, and I don't know that they are, I didn't reach out to my friends in the legislature, just wanted to see what you thought, to ban tackle football under the age of 12. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, 12 is high school, at at the early age of high school, right? You could be 12 and be in high school. I think so. Maybe not. And maybe that's why they they picked the age 12. That's probably a little young, right? 13 would make more sense. 
So that would be an issue because if you're a very talented football player, you could conceivably be on the football squad as a freshman. But even set that aside. Would it be appropriate to at least start thinking about these things, given the risk to young people, their brains still forming, to play tackle football under the age of 12? Or could coaching the leagues and organizations say, you know what, we can have tackle football, we can do it in a smart way? To me, that seems more reasonable. What do you think? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. California says they might ban, they're still talking about it in their legislature, tackle football under the age of 12. And I was right in my recalculation. That is generally middle school. Uh, and 12 can be sixth grade for some kids. It's not absolute. There's a pretty wide range. Uh, Connie from Portage joins us on the phone. Hi, Connie. Welcome. Hi. How are you, Steve? I am wonderful on this Thursday. Glad you took the time to call Good. in. What do you think about yeah. this? Yeah. Well, I think it's silly because I had three boys, and if they weren't playing football at school, they'd be in the yard with all the neighborhood boys, and even the two-year-old would be out there with the older boys. He'd get knocked down. I watched him out through the window. He'd get up and go again, and he was a star in high school. But they all three had broken bones, but they all fared well, and you could never have taken football away from them. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right, Connie, and... and um... If I don't say, uh, if I don't talk to you uh, in the next week ahead, uh, stay safe with all the snow yeah. and, and have fun, all right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Happy New Year, Steve. Ha- Happy New Year, too, as well, Connie, uh, a loyal listener to the program. I think she's right. I grew up with three brothers. All we did was beat the crap out of each other all the time. I don't know. My parents survived it. We, we found ways beyond football to, to hurt ourselves, cracked our skulls, busted our kneecaps. I mean, broken bones, every ailment, and we weren't playing football. I don't think any of my brothers played football. We liked basketball and baseball. I can remember when I was a kid, growing up in a neighborhood, my friend Mike Kiefer, was, we were probably, I don't know, 10, 8, 9, gashed his leg in the park across the street. If you live in Cudahy, you know what I'm talking about, the lakefront parks there. With a big gash in his leg with his stuff hanging out, runs all the way back to then, at the time, Trinity Hospital. We were tough kids. I wonder if he's still around, Mike Kiefer. I wonder if he moved. His parents were very German. I wonder if he moved back to Germany. Mike Kiefer, if you're out there, let me let me know. Um, but the point is this. You could try to, like, regulate all this stuff and, you know, control it. I, I think the ban thing is a little harsh, and I, I get it's California, so I'm not naive to that reality. I lived in California, know very well what the state's like. It's a beautiful state. If the uh, extreme liberals don't wreck it and make up, dumb laws, which in some ways are buzz killers and, and anti-fun. But I think, look, I understand the risks of football. Should we teach kids to understand those risks and be better in how they tackle and approach the game? Absolutely. Better equipment? Absolutely. Better coaching. But to take away something that is, I would argue, got talk about a, a state that loves football, tackle football, Texas, this would never be considered in Texas. Never. But in California, well, it's California. They do things differently. Is it about, Texture says, is it about, isn't it about brain injury? Of course it is. And we need to be concerned about that. That's why the equipment is important. There's been tremendous developments in the technology for helmets, protecting kids, and making sure that they 
understand how to tackle and how to fall and land and all that stuff. Do we have another break, Charlie, to take? I think we do, right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to read some text, and then we'll go to break, and then we'll see what Tracy Johnson is going to talk about. Steve, I want to chime in on this from the 307. Thank you for that. We'll just go to the top. Okay. All right. Sorry. Me and Charlie were talking. Now back to the program. Um, Steve, I want to chime in on this. I've had multiple head injuries throughout my life from the sports that I have done. TBI is real. Traumatic brain injury. I don't think they should outlaw football for kids, but I really think they should have a disclaimer with the parents before each and every season so they are aware of the risk. Soccer is just as bad. I'm not saying it's not risky. And I agree. All of these things should be done. Um, from the 920, it would make more sense to limit their cell phone time and social media time to one or two hours a day. So you're making a comparison to something we talked about earlier. Is one inherently more risky? It's an interesting question. One physical, one whatever social media is. I was going to say more in your brain, but is it that really? And I'm talking to you posters and tweeters and texters that mm, you really need to up your game. Uh, last one before we're going to go to break, and then we'll talk to Tracy Johnson. Um, first, they want to say give parents all the power over their education. When it comes to sports, they want to control it. That's a fair point. Parents decide, accept. You can even do that with politics. Oh, we can't have people making that decision by themselves. We, the legislature of pick a state, we have to tell you what's appropriate. Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> you know, oof. Things have changed in this country. Less government doesn't necessarily mean less government anymore. All right, now Charlie tells me we're going to take a break. A little, little confusion, but, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the fun of live radio. You never quite know where it's going, just like snowstorms. You never quite know where that heavy snow line is. See what I did there, Charlie? That's the layering and the experience that I'm talking about.